Welcome to From Water Into Wine with Mignon Morel, the place where we discuss the practical and supernatural ways of the kingdom of God that are relevant to your life. And now, today's podcast. I really felt compelled over the last several weeks to do a talk about intercession in the body of Christ. Now, every Christian is meant to pray and be an intercessor on some level in their lives. You know, we are the ones who stand in the gap and ask for God's mercy and grace to invade our world. You know, becoming a good intercessor is something that I myself am learning and growing in. So I'm going to try to share with you today uh, what the Lord has taught me personally in regards to the subject of intercession and some of my experiences. Now, I want to repeat this again so that you hear me. Every Christian is meant to pray and be an intercessor on some level in their lives. We are the ones who are to stand in the gap and ask for God's mercy and grace to invade our world. We are to ask for Jesus' heart and intent when we pray and trust that through His Spirit, He will give it to us. You know, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the greatest intercessor that ever was. He stood in our place on the cross, which was standing in the gap for us between God and judgment for all sin. And he is still interceding for us from heaven. Romans 8.34 says this, Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died? More than that, who was raised to life and is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. 1 John 2.1 states this, my little children, I write you these things so that you may not violate God's law and sin. But if anyone should sin, we have an advocate, one who will intercede for us with the Father. It is Jesus Christ, the all-righteous, upright, just, who conforms to the Father's will in every purpose, thought, and action. So we can see from Scripture that Jesus still prays for us and intercedes for us. But we've also been given the Holy Spirit, who also intercedes for us and is the one who eventually teaches us how to pray and intercede in accordance with God's will. Romans 8.25 says, So too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf, with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints, according to and in harmony with God's will. So we can tell by the fact that Jesus and the Holy Spirit both are interceding for us, the saints, that God probably places a high priority on prayer and intercession. And in reality, so should we. So now I want to give you um, some definitions so you can have an idea of what these words actually mean. Now, the definition in Webster's Dictionary for the word prayer means to entreat or implore, to ask earnestly for something, or to address God with supplication. Okay, Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray at all times in the Spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty. Philippians 4.5 says, 
The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, Webster's Dictionary defines the term intercede as to act between parties with a view to reconciling differences. And it defines intercession as prayer petition in favor of another, 2 Corinthians 5.18. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. So we can see from scripture here that Jesus reconciled us and that to intercede is actually an act of seeking to reconcile differences. And, and we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. So what is the difference between prayer and intercession? You know, prayer and intercession actually go pretty much hand in hand. And when you are praying or interceding, you will often go back and forth between the two. However, if you really want to break it down, according to the scriptures here and these specific definitions, you could say that prayer is our time of conversation with God, where we present our needs and requests to Him with thanksgiving. And intercession is our time with God, where we present others' needs to God and being led by the Holy Spirit we stand in the gap and pray the ministry of reconciliation for different people, places, nations, people groups, and things that God puts on our heart. So basically, one is prayer for me, and one is prayer for another. Now again, they are usually both intertwined in our time with God, and they should always both be led by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now one more definition I want to throw at you. Webster's Dictionary defines the word intercessor as a person who intercedes or prays. Now I want to repeat again so that you hear me. Every Christian is meant to pray and be a type of intercessor on some level in their lives. You know, not many people need help in regards to praying for their own needs. I mean, you know, most of us can sit down and talk with God about what we need for ourselves. But a lot of us have no idea about how to intercess for others in a way that actually brings some kind of result. Now, if you learn how to pray as a good intercessor, the outcome is that your own personal prayer life will also be blessed, and you will learn how to pray for yourself in ways that you'd never thought of before, and you will begin to see even better results. So I want to spend the rest of our time talking about intercession and what an intercessor does or looks like, because intercession as I said earlier, is a real hot topic right now in the church. And we are all coming into a season where we need to learn how to stand in the gap for our nation, for the loss, for our families and other countries, as well as stand for our own needs. So let's talk about it. What is intercessing or intercessory prayer? So I'm going to give you my definition. This is Mignon's definition of what it really is. Intercessory prayer is standing in the gap as a reconciler through the blood of Jesus Christ and helping to birth the plans and purposes of God upon the earth by praying, agreeing, acting, and decreeing God's specific heart and will. It's praying the invisible into the visible, 
pulling down the plans from heaven and seeing them manifest upon the earth. Now, Jesus was the best model of intercession that we still currently have. Jesus is the model, and he modeled that the foundation of every Christian's life was to be prayer and intercession before otherworldly and spiritual things. So he is our model. Now, when you are interceding, you're really supposed to be praying in accordance with what God has placed upon your heart through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So why is it important to have the Holy Spirit be the leader in your prayer times, in your times of intercession? Well, there are two major reasons. Number one, it's important because it is possible to pray amiss. James 4.3 says, When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. The Holy Spirit knows exactly the heart and intent of God. And it's real important that when we're having our times of intercession that we line up with Him so that we don't pray amiss, so that we can actually see the fruit of our prayers come to pass. You know, God is not deaf, and He's not holding out on you. I think a lot of people say, well, I pray and I intercede and I never see anything happen. You know, it reminds me, I went to this church, this was a long time ago, and they were a praying church. And I was very young in the Spirit and very young in my understanding of the Lord. And this church spent a lot of time intercessing, a lot of time praying. We had prayer vigil nights where everybody stayed up and prayed and fasted and, you know, did all the things that you normally do. And I remember I was praying one day. I was like, Lord, Lord, please come through. You know, we've been asking. And the Lord said to me something very shocking. He said, these people weary me. And I was like, what? It was a shock to me to hear him say that. I was like, Lord, what do you mean? And he explained to me how they were asking him for the very things that he had already given them. And having been at the church, I could see every time they prayed, God began to move. But they did not appreciate or agree with or like the manner that God moved in, so they would shut it down. Then they would go back and pray for the same thing. And what they were actually doing is praying for God to move according to their will, not his will. So it is possible um, for you to pray amiss. That's why it's really important we pray uh, from the position of letting the Holy Spirit lead our times. Now, the second reason it is important for us to have the Holy Spirit lead our intercession times is for our own protection and safety, especially in regards to warfare issues. You know, when we pray as the Holy Spirit leads, it keeps us safe from praying in presumptions and taking on areas and things that we do not have the strength for yet. It keeps us safe, especially as we engage in battle in the spirit realm. So I want to preface this entire talk by saying it is very important that you pray always with the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit when you do a time of intercession. Now, often this is done by praying in tongues or your personal prayer language. You pray in that language, and often this will place in your heart the desire of what God is wanting you to pray in English about. But not always. Many people who don't pray in tongues can still intercede in accordance with God's will because God reveals his secrets to his friends. You know, Jesus said that he called us friends, that we were no longer slaves, but friends. John 15, 15. I do not call you servants or slaves any longer, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, my friends, 
because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. I have revealed to you everything that I have learned from him. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I have appointed you. I planted you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing, and that your fruit may be lasting, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. We are Jesus' friends. In intercession, if you remain in Jesus and have a great and real relationship with him, not a religious attitude towards him, guys, that is something totally different. If you remain in him, I promise you, he will reveal his heart to you and he will teach you how to stand in the gap and get access to heaven. John fifteen seven says this, if you live in me, abide vitally united to me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you by praying in accordance with holy spirit and the heart of jesus we can learn how to pray agree and act and decree god's specific will and heart over a situation a place a person a country the church even the future, and anything else God puts in front of us. Now, I want to talk about intercessors. As I said earlier, every Christian is called to be an intercessor on some level. However, just as we have people who are called to be prophets and evangelists and pastors, we also have people who are called to be intercessors. This is a calling and position, and not every Christian is called to this specific position even though every Christian can intercede in behalf of God's will. So I want to talk about the types of intercessors and some of what they do, because some people know they are called to be intercessors, and they are in a great place where they are encouraged and they're being trained in how to pray, but some people don't know they are called, and they just go from one interesting experience to another, never knowing why or what they are supposed to do. Kind of like what happened to me when I started having all kinds of prophetic experiences without realizing that it was a call and anointing that God was calling me into. Now, I want to say here real quickly in regards to prophets, because I get this from a lot of people. They say, oh, mignon, I'm not an intercessor. I'm a prophet. You know, as if being an intercessor was somehow beneath them. And so let me make this very clear. Every prophet is called to be an intercessor. That is a major part of your job and calling. Every prophet is called to be an intercessor, though not every intercessor is called to be a prophet. And here are some scriptural references for what I just said. Ezekiel 13, four through six. The Lord says, O Israel, your prophets have been like foxes among ruins and in waste places. They have not gone up into the gaps or breaches, nor built up the wall for the house of Israel, that it might stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. They have seen falsehood and lying divination, saying, The Lord says, but the Lord has not sent them. Yet they have hoped and made men to hope for the confirmation of their word. Now what this means is, they did not stand in the gap. He says, they have not gone up into the gaps or breaches, nor built up the wall for the house of Israel. It means the prophets did not stand as intercessors for the, for the house of Israel and intercede to God on their behalf. So prophets, understand, 
You are intercessors, and intercession is a part of your job just as much as prophesying is a part of your job. So let's talk a little bit about the characteristics of an intercessor and what are some types of intercessors. Intercessors are the workhorses of the kingdom. By this, I mean that they are the ones who know how to access heaven and get things done on earth through their prayers. They actually undergird the work of heaven upon the earth. Now, some basic characteristics or common traits of intercessors include, but are not limited to the following. So as I read this out, check yourself, because some of you may be thinking, I wonder if I'm called to be an intercessor. So here are some basic traits. Number one, intercessors have an incredible, all-consuming passion for God. They are very passionate people, especially when it comes to the things and the plans of the Lord. They are the people who are like, hey, let's pray when everyone else wants to go to the movies. You know, God is involved in every aspect of their lives, and they bring him into every aspect of their lives. They include him in every aspect of their lives. So they're incredibly consumed with passion for God. Intercessors are radically obedient people. They will go above and beyond the call when they are charged with a task to do for the king. They are radically obedient. Their mandate is usually, I am here, Lord. I'm reporting for duty. What would you have me do? Intercessors are typically people filled with great faith who also have a, a really good gift of faith. And they typically do their work for God out of the spotlight. They're not people who demand attention, necessarily. True intercessors are great lovers of the presence of God and the authority and centrality of His Word. They are usually people who are able to spend great amounts of time alone with God by getting alone in their prayer closets for several hours at a time, and they miss that time when they don't get it. It's a physical and mental and emotional drain when they're not able to get into the presence of God for extended periods of time. Intercessors are people who are also good at keeping God's secrets. They are trustworthy with the things of God, and they never use the information that God reveals to them for personal gain or against others. Now, intercessors don't just pray. They can do other types of work, like a lot of them are involved in healing and deliverance. But prayer is usually their top priority. Now, those are just some of the basic characteristics or traits that are common to intercessors. Now, intercessors come in all shapes and sizes. They can be any age, any gender. But you will typically see or actually typically find more women than men doing the work of intercession. Now, there are different types of intercessors. There are warrior intercessors. These are people who typically are involved in high-level spiritual warfare. They battle with the Lord against his enemies, and they're familiar with demonic hierarchies and how things work in the spirit realm. There are burden-bearing intercessors who actually carry out and pray the work of the Lord through their bodies. You know, a good example of this was when Elijah was praying for it to rain, um, and, and he got down in the birthing position. He did this seven times before the rain cloud formed. Burden-bearing, um, a lot of times it's a physical reaction. It's a weight. It comes and manifests in different ways. Um, so there are burden-bearing intercessors. This can also go along with travailing, which I'm going to talk a little bit about later in the podcast. There are Ezekiel-type intercessors that pray out what they see, what God shows them, and they act out specific 
prophetic acts as part of their intercession. There are Jeremiah-type intercessors who weep out what they are given in intercession. And there are many, many more types of intercessors. You know, it is possible that as you start out as one type of intercessor, you know, you grow in your level of intercession and over your life move up several levels in regards um, to your assignment and your authority level as an intercessor. You know, there are intercessors who pray and have authority over different territories, things like cities or regions. There are intercessors whose sphere of authority extends to their church and over their particular prayer groups. There are some who are assigned to people, assigned to pastors, leaders of states and nations, some assigned to industries and foreign leaders and nations. You know, all different types of intercessors with the common purpose to birth the works of God and the kingdom in their different areas through different methods. So what type of prayer works are intercessors involved in? Intercessors help to build the foundation of God's house. So because of that, they often get the -the behind-the-scenes tour up in heaven of what is really going on in situations. Now this is so they can pray in accordance with God's will. Now I will say it's up to the individual intercessor to decide what type of intercession prayer they're going to be doing in their times alone with God. It could be one type of prayer or several different types of prayer all weaving in and out of the prayer during that time. Now so I'm going to list a few ways just a few ways the intercessors carry out the prayer work of God. First and foremost, I want to say this, that um, worship is normally uh, central to the life of an intercessor. I said earlier the different characteristics. One of the main things in an intercessor's life is worship and a great love and passion for worship. So basically, I'm going to make a list here of the way they pray, but please remember that this all begins and is birthed out of the worship that they do. First and foremost, intercessors stand in the gap between man and God and pray on man's behalf. They always seek to reconcile people, places, events, or nation with God and His plans and purposes. Now they do this standing in the gap in different ways. And they do it in the following ways, but please note this is not a comprehensive list. Intercessors prayerfully agree here on earth with the plans of God. So one way they pray is by agreeing with God. This means that when God shows the intercessor what he is going to do, or rather what he wants to do, they pray in agreement with his will. Remember that Jesus left his authority upon the earth with the church. He also left us with the ministry of reconciliation. God is always looking to reconcile people, situations, events, countries and nations, etc. He's always looking to reconcile. So because we are the ministers of reconciliation and are the ones who carry Christ's authority upon the earth, he often will reveal what he wants to do to the intercessor so that the intercessor can agree with God and open the way for the reconciliation of whatever kind to come forth. Ezekiel 22.30 says, The people of the land have used oppression and extortion and have committed robbery. Yes, they've wronged and vexed the poor and needy. They've oppressed the stranger and temporary resident wrongfully. And I sought a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. So you see here, God wanted someone to agree with him to not destroy the land, but he found no one. 
So agreeing with God for his plans and purposes to come forth is one type of prayer that intercessors do. Another type of prayer intercessors do is decreeing out the will, plans, and purposes of God. Now, this is where they verbally speak forth what God is giving them and showing them. Now, often this will go hand in hand with some type of prophetic act that brings release of the work of God. You know, prophetic acts are also a type of intercession that are really like prayers being acted out in the natural uh, through things like physical actions, sounds, um, just all different kinds of ways. They're usually associated with what God is doing in the heavens. But prophetic acts are things that are done to establish upon the earth uh, and to bring forth breakthrough in the heavens for what God is doing. Another type of prayer that intercessors do is repentance and standing in identification repentance on behalf of those they are interceding for. And this is often done by intercessors during their prayer time. Another type of praying that some intercessors do is called travailing. This is more like a birthing type prayer where the intercessor is actually praying in body and spirit, and there are manifestations in their body that correspond with what God is doing in the heavens. Now, this is a major type of breakthrough intercession. Now, if you've never travailed before or seen someone in travail, it's really hard to describe what it is like and exactly what is going on. It is similar to burden bearing, but it's different in that it usually brings breakthrough and it doesn't last as long. It is praying strongly in the spirit and it affects our physical bodies beyond the reasoning of our mind. You know, I once had a vision about uh, travailing uh, from the Lord and what that was doing in the spirit. And he showed me, I saw this desert region and God said, look, you're looking at a specific city in the valley surrounded by mountains. And I also understood that this represented many cities all over the country that God was dealing with. And he was telling me he was going to break chains over these cities. Then I saw up in the third heaven a meeting with the angels. I understood they were going to be going out and breaking up the chains, the Lord's command. And I saw that when that happened, the Lord would hit certain intercessors in the city below to pray for this breaking of chains through travail. And they would light up like fireballs. It was like a, a strike of lightning would go and hit the intercessor. And they would travail. And their travail would line up with what they were doing in the heavens and bring breakthrough to break the chains off the city. So travailing is a type of intercessory prayer that brings incredible breakthrough. Fasting is also a way intercessors will do the work of the Lord. Be it fasting from food, be it fasting from sleep. The time that they fast is devoted to prayer on their assignments and following what the Lord gives them. Now, some intercessors who have a high level of authority and usually a large sphere of influence do engage in spiritual warfare at the leading of the Lord, and they do work with angels in that warfare. Now, there is a lot more to this particular type of intercession, but that is for another talk. I'm not going to go into that right now. Now, intercessors are often given spiritual weapons and gifts that correspond with their anointing and their particular assignments. Second Corinthians 10 says, For though we walk and live in the flesh, we are not carrying our, on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrowing and destruction of strongholds. So we can see that agreeing, decreeing, 
prophetic acts, travail, warfare, all of these are just a few ways that intercessors pray during their times with the Lord. And again, I want to say in all of this, uh, the, central, the central theme and the central focus is usually worship. Because worship is the highest form of warfare that any Christian can do, especially intercessors. And it is central to most of a intercessor's activities. Now, I have met intercessors who were very serious people. They're very serious about their prayers, and they took their calling very seriously. And I've met other intercessors who were very joyous about their calling, and joy was central to the way they communicated and prayed with God. It's really kind of different for everyone. You know, and when you look in the Bible, you will see several examples of intercessors and intercession. And, you know, in addition to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, there were many, many examples in the Bible. I'm on the list a few now. For example, Abraham was an intercessor. He stood in the gap for the city of Sodom and Gomorrah and asked God to spare his cousin Lot. Moses was a great intercessor. Exodus 32, 9 has his story. I've seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone, so that my anger may burn against them, that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. O Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? O God, turn from your fierce anger. Relent and do not bring disaster upon your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever." Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. So you see, Moses was a very great intercessor, and there are many accounts of his intercessing and standing in the gap and reconciling God and the Israel people. Esther was a type of intercessor. You know, she stood in the gap by fasting and praying for her people, and God heard her prayers and delivered her people from destruction. Daniel was an intercessor for people. He was a prophet, but he was also an intercessor. And he actually intercessed for people beyond his generation. If you read the book of Daniel, you will see many places where he was shown the future and he prayed for his people in the future as a whole. Job was actually called to intercede. Job 42.9. After the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Elipaz the Temanite, I'm angry with you and your two friends because you've not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. So now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. So Elipaz the Temanite, Biliad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite did what the Lord told them and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. So Job actually interceded for his friends who had caused him great grief. The Old Testament prophets were often called on as intercessors between God and man, praying on behalf of kings to avert disaster and death, because again, every prophet is an intercessor. You know, perhaps the most powerful form 
of intercession occurs when the body of Christ gathers together and intercedes in unity for God's purposes to be established upon the earth. You know, unity and intercession of the saints was also throughout the Bible. You know, one quick example is when Peter was released by an angel from prison because a group of Christians were interceding on his behalf. So intercession is something that is is very important in a Christian's life. God is releasing and calling up the intercessors to shake the foundations of the world and governments in the world and church right now. Every Christian is meant to pray and be an intercessor on some level in their lives. We are the ones who were given the ministry of reconciliation. We are the ones who stand in the gap and ask for God's mercy and grace to invade our world. And we do it by asking for Jesus' heart and intent when we pray. And we trust that through the Holy Spirit, He will give it to us. For more information, podcasts, videos, prophecies, and teachings, simply go to fromwaterintowine.org. And follow us on Facebook at The Water Into Wine. This podcast is produced by Media 12 Productions, media12.org.